When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Slammy. Hey, go. What's up, everybody? Welcome, episode 558 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here on January 24th, 2024, 24 24. Main topic of the show today going through Dennis Lynn's athletic survey, fan survey, talking about the state of the Padres franchise. If you have already done this survey, you can give your thoughts in the live chat, or if you're watching this on replay or listening on the podcast platforms, you can go to the YouTube live replay. Um, that, that sounded weird, live replay. You can go to the replay of this show if you're not catching it live and give your thoughts on what you put in Dennis Lynn's athletic survey. But yeah, just going down, I think I did this last year. It's a great thing that the athletic does every year. I don't know if they do it for every team, but I know that Dennis has done it with the Padres. And right last year, it was a good time, I think, to put the survey out because most, if I remember correctly, most of the Padres moves were done at that point in time. I know they didn't sign Michael Walker yet at that point. They might not have signed Seth Lugo at that point. But this offseason, it's not really the best time to put this survey out, I don't think, because there's so many holes still left on this Padres team. I think it's best to ask this question before spring training starts or before even the Korea series starts, because then we'll see what the roster looks like. I think it's more of a difficult survey to complete, not knowing um, some of the answers, really, at least in my opinion, to some of these questions that were being asked here in this survey to rate it on a scale of like one to five, one being not confident at all and five being very confident. You know, maybe some fans' answers would change based on the moves the Padres make the rest of this offseason. But this is when the survey came out, so obviously we're just giving our thoughts um, on the questions that are being asked of us at this point in time. And at this point in time, the Padres still need starting pitching. They still need left-handed bats. They still need center field, right field, bench depth, like, there's still holes on this roster, obviously. There's time, but it feels like we're in a transition year where last year, all in, they had Snell and Hayter and all those guys, all the superstars. There's still superstars on the team, but those guys are leaving, have to lower the payroll, and the impact prospects don't seem like they're going to be really ready to go until 2025. Maybe some will come up 
in 2024, but are they going to be like fully prepared to, you know, play well at the big league level in 2020, uh, in 2024? I, th I think they'll be more ready to go in 2025. So let's get to this survey here. The Athletics 2024 Padres fan survey for anyone that subscribes to the Athletic, you have until, uh, oh, actually, it looks like the survey is already closed. It says survey will close at 12 a.m. on Thursday, January 24th. So, yeah, survey, I guess, is already closed. So I guess this is a good time for me to give my thoughts so I'm not, I guess, swaying anyone maybe on this survey. It's, it's already closed. The first one here, how confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? Scale one to five, one is not confident at all. Five is very confident. For this, I'm going to say four because I'm, I'm not looking at it just for 2024, even though it is the 2024 fan survey. I'm looking at it from like a grand view. Are the Padres just generally headed in the right direction? And I think they have a core locked up. And they have prospects that it doesn't seem like A.J. Preller is going to trade. Like the Juan Soto deal, right? When the Padres acquired him, we were like, okay, all these top prospects, they're going, essentially. I know Merrill stayed, but pretty much all the top guys, they're gone. It doesn't seem like that trade is going to happen with the Padres. Now, Preller might surprise us, but it doesn't seem like that is going to happen. So... Yes, transition year, like I said, but I like that there's young talent that is about to come up, it seems like. And that will allow the Padres to spend money elsewhere. And you look at some successful teams like the Astros, the Cubs in the past, the Dodgers, obviously, it seems like they always have people. I know they've spent a lot of money, obviously, but they have guys, they have had guys come up and not make anything. And then they've been able to go spend on Mookie Betts and on Freddie Freeman. And like Will Smith came up and now they're spending on Shohei Otani and Yoshin Yamamoto, right? So if the Padres can get there, then we know that they're going to be, at least in my opinion, I know that they're going to be in a pretty good spot. So I put it as a four. I can't say five when you trade Juan Soto and you can't spend on Hader and Snell and you don't have a TV deal and all that. I can't say five, but maybe it's the Peter Seidler rubbing off on me. I'm going optimistic here and I'm going to go four. How does that compare to how you felt this time last year? The options are, I'm a lot more confident now. I'm a little more confident. I feel about the same. I'm a little less confident. I'm a lot less confident. Uh, I, I'm picking I'm a little less confident. I'm not saying I'm a lot less confident. I'm a little less confident. I don't think you can feel the same because we don't have Juan Soto. We don't have Blake Snow. We don't have Josh Hader. Like, we don't have the star power. We don't have Peter Seidler actively you know, physically in our lives, right? You can't say that you're a lot more confident because wasn't last year like the most confident that you can be in a Padres team? I'm a little more confident. I don't see how you can be more confident right now than you were at this time last year because last year they were coming off of an L NLCS appearance and then they were building. Like, Tatis was coming back. I know he had the suspension still, but he was going to be coming back. Like there was a lot of things that we were feeling good about you definitely can't feel that way now. So I'm a little less confident there. Next one, how confident are you in ownership led on an interim basis by Eric Kutsenda? Not confident at all is one. Very confident, five. This one, I went with three because we haven't heard Eric Kutsenda talk. So I'm not going to say I'm very confident because when you're lowering payroll and you still haven't spoken, I'm not going to go that high on you. Sorry, I want to be optimistic, but I'm not going to go that high. 
and you can't compare anyone to Peter Seidler. So maybe it's unfair to Eric, but I'm not going to go five. I'm not going to go four when you, I haven't heard the guy talk. Right. I'm not, I'm also not going to be super unfair to him and be not confident at all because again, I haven't heard him talk and the off season isn't over and this season hasn't played out. Like ask me this question again next year when there's the 2025 survey. And if the Padres miss the playoffs and AJ Preller is still here, then maybe I'll go less than three, but when I haven't heard the guy talk, I'm I'm neutral on this. Like I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not confident at all, because Eric did have a relationship with Peter Seidler. There's still a lot of people that have spent many years in that Padres organization. They're still there, so it's not like Eric could send us by himself here. But I'm not going to go very confident either. And I don't, I don't know what fan is going to say very confident. I don't know how you can say very confident at this point in time. Next one, how confident are you in president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller? I can't go five just from what has happened. I mean, having to trade Soto, I know it's not all on him, but some of the decisions that he has made, some of the contracts that he has signed off on, I know Peter Seidler was the head guy, but Preller, of course, he signed off on some of these deals here. Were they needed? And that has set the franchise, I don't set them back, I don't know. It has handcuffed the franchise. I think that's the, the, the correct way to put it. So I'm not going to go very confident. I'm not going to go not confident at all, though, because I've seen some of the moves that he has made, and he has brought in guys like Joe Musgrove and Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ha Sung Kim, right? Like, that was a good signing. And first couple years, eh, good defense, but the offense wasn't coming around. But now, I mean, look at the salary that we, we could have Ha Sung Kim under for 2024 he has made an impact i like the mike schilt hiring and for example the bob melvin hiring obviously it didn't work out but i liked it at the time and how he was thinking outside the box and i like some of the things that are going on right now so i'm gonna go i want to go four i'm probably gonna go three on this i'm gonna go neutral because the offseason isn't over i want to see what other moves are made I like some of the moves Preller has made. I don't like some of the moves that he has made. So they kind of balance each other out, I think. Obviously, last year, not good. I understand fans that they want to be num- if they want to be at number two, but I'm looking at this from a grand point of view, and I'm seeing that there's still talent on this team. We'll see what happens the rest of this offseason. Again, that's why I said earlier, maybe it would have been a better time to put the survey out. That better time may have been right before the Korea series, like, so we know what the team looks like. Cause it's hard to like, some of my answers aren't going to be complete. I don't feel like right now. Um, and in the future, like looking at it from the grand view, the future with some of the prospects that are in this system, yes, they're prospects, but the international signings, I know Chris Kemp has a lot to do with that, but Preller does as well. He was there when Leo DeVry, uh signed. Hopefully I'm saying that name Properly, Leo DeVry, I think. Um, Ethan Salas, obviously. And then you have Lesko, you have Snelling, you have Martarella, you have a lot of guys. And I'm not, I haven't mentioned Marcy or Graham Pauly or Ryan Berger. There's a lot of guys, Drew Thorpe, that they just brought in. And I thought AJ Preller did good in the Juan Soto trade on paper, considering the circumstances, knowing that Soto was not going to be back. But then you could say, well, then. Maybe they would have had a better shot. Uh, they would have had Soto on the roster if they wouldn't have given Bogarts that big contract, if they wouldn't have given 
Jake Cronenworth that extension, if they wouldn't have given you Darvish that contract. And, you know, those can be fair points as well. Um, so I'm kind of neutral on this right now. There's good and bad with A.J. Preller. And I think that he has to win in 2024, or at least I, if I was Eric Gutsen, if I was whoever is going to be in Eric's ear on this, on Preller, I would need a postseason appearance in 2024. Some would say, well, how about you wait till 2025? Have Schilt and Preller play out the Schilt contract for two years. But if they don't make the playoffs this year, that's two postseason appearances in 10 years. That's one postseason appearance in nine full seasons. You're going to allow another year of Manny's prime and Bogarts and Tatis and Musgrove. You're going to let that another year and have Preller run that again in 2025? If they miss the postseason, it's kind of like, what's the downside of trying something else when this is not working results-wise? I mean, Don Orsillo says this in the booth all the time. I know he says it kind of jokingly when you know an outfielder didn't look like he was going to catch the ball, and then he catches the ball. It's a results-based business. It is. Or maybe Mudd says that as well. And the results speak should speak louder than the farm system rankings and all that. And guess what? Those prospects, they're still going to be in the Padres system if A.J. Preller goes after 2024. So some might say, no, he has a couple more years, not just one. You got to give him 2025, regardless of what happens in 2024, because 2025 is when the, the really good prospects should be coming up and see what they have. But regardless of if Preller is there or not, those guys will probably still come up, right? And how much of an influence will Preller have on the performance of those guys in 2025? I, I just don't know. So I'm if they make the playoffs and they get bounced in the first round, I mean, I, I sitting here right now, I'd probably be fine with Preller staying and run out the Schilt contract and see what happens. But results got to speak louder than words, than relationships. It just does. All right, next one. How would you rate the hiring of Mike Schilt as a manager? I put five on this. Excellent. I could end up sounding like a dummy here at the end of this season if things collapse and he loses the clubhouse or whatever. But considering the circumstances, like Preller, he did something that he hasn't done. Green and Tingler outside weren't in the organization. Buddies. Yes, man, is what I think a lot of fans think those hirings were. Bob Melvin wasn't in the organization, accomplished manager, but was not in the organization. Here, accomplished manager, he's made the postseason, has that experience. He has experience like at every level in baseball. Seems like he's all in on San Diego. And he had a relationship. He was inside the organization for a couple of years before getting the manager hiring. So he knows these players. He has a relationship, seems like a good relationship, with one of the stars on the team in Fernando Tatis Jr., and I think the players in that clubhouse will respect Mike Schilt. And I think Mike Schilt is all in on this. I think he and Preller's uh, personalities, how they go about business, it matches up where Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller obviously did not. So, yeah, right now I'm saying a five on this hiring. If it was between Flaherty and Schilt, I wanted Schilt. And I, I wanted someone like Skip Schumacher, but then... I think we all knew like that wasn't going to happen after making a postseason appearance. The Marlins would have had to approve it, all that. Based on the circumstances, yeah, I think it's an excellent hire. Now, again, I could end up, you know, sounding like a, a dummy at the end of this year, but 
I'm going to go with the optimistic side of me, and I'm going to go five on that. What is the team's biggest weakness? Right now, I'm going to go with outfield because rotation, you could put together a rotation. I'm not saying it's going to be the best rotation in baseball right now, but you could put together a rotation of Musgrove, Darvish, King, Avila, Vasquez, or you put Waldron in there. If Patino shows up in spring training, you could try him as a five. There's guys that you could put in there. Outfield, you don't have an outfield. You have Tatis and Wright. Azokar, for me, I'm not starting him every day in center field. And I, it doesn't seem like Jacob Marcy is ready. So you need a left fielder. You need a center fielder. That's the biggest weakness right now. And you could just have Cronenworth go play first base again and have Kim at second and Bogart at short. Manny at DH, if he's not ready, you could have Eggy play third. It's not the end of the world. But right now, I mean, the outfield, I think, is definitely the team's biggest weakness. But it's, it's outfield and rotation depth for me, definitely. Those are the two. Bullpen is last. I think they're good on the bullpen right now. Next question, how would you rate the December trade of Soto and Grisham in exchange for Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Kyle Higashioka? One is I hated it, and then five is I thought it was the best possible outcome. I go four on this. Obviously, it's not the best possible outcome. Trading Juan Soto is not a great outcome, right? But considering the cert, maybe that's what Dennis is saying here. Considering the circumstances, best possible outcome, I guess I would put five there. But I'm going to put four just because it's not the best possible outcome. The best possible outcome was Soto being on the team. He's one of the best hitters in baseball, right? I, I would have been fine with trading Trent Grisham, but like Soto, you want him on your team, right? Especially when he's under contract and when he was acquired from the Nats, we thought that he was going to be with the Padres for at least three years. That obviously didn't happen, or you know, parts of three seasons, because obviously 2022, he was not there the entire season. That trade happened before the deadline in 22. But I, I, go, I go four. I'm, I, did, I did not hate it, because I knew the circumstances, and I really liked the package that the Padres got back. On paper, I thought that the Yankees were the best team for the Padres, and they got back pitching. They got back one of the Yankees' top prospects that they didn't want to give up. They got back the starter of him and Schmidt, King and Schmidt. Yankees did not want to give up King. They were more willing to give up Schmidt. Preller got King. So you got to give props to him for that. They got Vasquez and Brito. They got a lot of the Yankees' depth, pitching-wise. Now the Yankees have to replace that. They got Kyle Gashioka, who I think can be a positive influence on Luis Camposano. And if Camposano goes down, we know Higashioka can catch every day because he has done that at times with the Yankees. So I thought Preller did pretty good on paper with this deal. So I went four rating that. Next question, how concerned are you about the Padres' payroll cuts this offseason? I didn't say very concerned because I understand the situation. Like, there's no TV deal. They want to get under the luxury tax. You can't have a $250 million payroll year in, year out, even if you sell at the ballpark every night. Like, I understand that. So I'm not very concerned about it. I think that they're trying to find the right number that they can spend on the payroll year in, year out. And 2023 was too much. Even with the TV deal, it was probably going to be too much, I would think, right? Because of how much of a loan that they needed to take out, $50 million. And MLB, they gave them, they gave the Padres, I think, 80% of what the TV deal was. So... There's, there's a little bit of a gap there, right? It's not like the TV deal is $50 million. I don't think it's $50 million exactly that the Padres didn't get from the TV deal. I don't think, right? I haven't seen that 
or at least I don't remember seeing that. So I'm somewhat concerned. I'm not very concerned because I understand the circumstances. It's tough with the death of a chairman. You were already going to lower the, the payroll anyway. But I'm somewhat concerned, yeah, because it would be nice to hear Eric could send a talk. The offseason so far, I mean, it's it's trimming payroll. It's talking about trading Hassan Kim, trying to find a way to trade Jake Cronenworth like that was you know being reported out there earlier this offseason. They didn't trade Soto because they thought it was like, oh, this is a great move to do. It was because they needed to create more roster flexibility or financial, I should say, flexibility. So, yeah, that is somewhat concerning, but I'm not going to go very concerned. Because these are unique, unique circumstances. I don't think you can say not concerned at all. Maybe some will say not very concerned, but I'm sorry. Some of the things that have happened here, they don't want to spend $16 million a year on a starting pitcher. You know, They're not doing that this offseason. So I think, yes, you have to be somewhat concerned about that. Next one, what should the Padres do with Ha-Sung Kim? Options are negotiate a contract extension before he reaches for agency. Trade him before the season starts. See how he performs in a contract year and consider moving him at the trade deadline. Enjoy one last season of a team-friendly contract. Then let him walk. All right. First option, contract extension. Cross that off. That's not happening. Trade him before the season starts. I click that if if Dennis would have added here if the right package comes along. Not just trade him for anything. I think some people might think that I'm trying to just trade us on him for anything. That's not the case. Because I understand the contract. I understand the value he gives to the Padres. But if the right package comes along, and considering the Padres, their financial budget, that A.J. Preller, he literally used the B word, budget, talking to the media earlier this offseason for the first time, considering all that, I think it makes sense. Because you need more power out of that first base DH spot, I think. Jake Cronenworth, he's already here long term. They made their bed there. Moving back to second base where he's most valuable if you can get back, uh, you know, controllable starting pitching or get back a good center fielder, good left fielder, whatever you could get back that is, you know, that fits your roster, that makes sense. I think you got to think about it. It's one year of Kim. He's not coming back. So I would do, I would click the trade him before the season starts. And that's the one that I did click here because I'm assuming Dennis is saying trade him before the season starts if the right package comes along. The other, other two, see how he performs in a contract year, consider moving him at the deadline. I don't see how the Padres would move Kim at the deadline if they already went into, unless the season, like, unless they're like 10 games under 500 at the deadline and there's no choice. But, I mean, look at what the Padres did this past year. I mean, Hader and Snell, those were great players to trade before the deadline. You could have really got something back. Pitching is huge in the postseason. Are you going to get back as much for Ha-Sung Kim as you would have for Snell and Hayter? They might. They probably would just keep Kim anyway and just write it out because of how close he already is to free agency. Like, how much are you getting back for Ha-Sung Kim at the deadline? And then enjoy one last season of a team. I think it's either between the trade him before the season starts or enjoy one last season of a team-friendly contract and let him walk. I think it's between those two options. I think a lot of fans emotionally are going to click that last one, enjoy that last season. But if the right package comes along, I think it makes sense to end up dealing Hassan Kim. Next one, what is your level of confidence in Fernando Tatis Jr. recapturing his 2020-2021 form of offense? I'm very confident in that. I'm not just somewhat confident. I'm definitely not very, not very confident, not confident at all. I'm very confident in this. I mean, he gets the full offseason. He's playing baseball. Like, that's not what was happening this past offseason. 
And he had to deal with a lot this past season with the suspension and the fans and all that, right? He did everything, I think, that he could, like, physically because it was hurting. Like, you saw in some of the post-game media scrums how he had the ice on his shoulder or had something on his shoulder. He he was hurting there at the end, and he, it seemed like he was pretty glad that the season was coming to an end there because he, he was falling off there at the end, and he realizes that. So I think, yeah, he can recapture it. I mean, think back to 2021 where he, where he was still dealing with the subluxations. And he hit over 40 home runs still with like one arm. So imagine this guy when he is healthy and playing for Peter Seidler, right? Pissed off that you missed the postseason last year. No attention on the pod, or at least compared to the Dodgers, there's not going to be any attention on the Padres this year. All talk about someone else, not them. So I think there's a chip on that person's shoulder, Tatis. And there's a chip on this next guy. Manny Machado, what is your level of confidence in Manny bouncing back from an underwhelming 2023 and elbow surgery? I have no reason to believe that he won't bounce back. So I'm also very confident in this one. This is this is a guy that has not won a World Series yet. He just signed a big contract. Peter Seidler, who he was close with, obviously, he has passed away. Like, there's chips on these guys' shoulders here. Jake Cronenworth's another one who has talked about here, or the, the question is listed from Dennis Lynn. But Manny, yeah, bouncing back, I, I maybe I should say somewhat confident because of the elbow surgery, like there is a question mark there. But with surgeries nowadays, it feels like guys are able to bounce back and maybe be better than how they were before the surgery. So I'm very confident in Manny. If there's any Manny hate out there or people that say bad contract, they don't believe in Manny after this bad year, do we forget about 2022 and the season that he had and how he was battling through injuries there and he still should have won MVP in 2022? That was not that long ago. So, yeah, very confident. The guy's a freak of a talent. I mean, defense, not worried about that. Offense, it's almost kind of like with Xander, are you going to be as bad as you were this past year? And that's the same thing with Jake. What is your level of confidence in Jake Cronenworth bouncing back in 2024? For me, I'm not very confident in it. I'm somewhat confident because Manny's a better player than Jake. So for me, that's where the difference is there. I think I'm I'm not going to say I'm not very confident. I'm somewhat confident because Jake is someone that works his butt off. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder as well. I think he sees a lot of Padres fans that have uh, given up on him. I think there's some that have said that or have you know hinted at that. I think he sees some fans as well that are down on him. And I think he feels the obligation to be better because he just signed this big contract. And it's not $300 million, but $80 million is a significant amount of money. And this is year one. This coming season is year one of that seven-year extension that he signed. And they didn't get to the World Series in 22, so it's not like there's that that he can hang his hat on. Sure, great moment in the NLDS, but he has a chip on his shoulder as well. And I think he realized what he was doing this past year, not being himself, trying to be someone that he is not. So if he can go in this next season and be himself, just be a line drive hitter, then I think you're going to see more consistency, more consistency from Jake. And it's like, can you be as bad as you were this past season? So yeah, I'm somewhat confident. I'm not going to go very like I did with Manny, but I'm going to be somewhat confident. I think Jake will bounce back. What position should Xander Bogarts primarily play in 2024? 
Shortstop, second base, first base, other. I mean, I think you could make the case for first base because Kim's the best defensive shortstop. We know Manny's at third when he's healthy. Jake is most valuable at second. And Xander, I think, could transition to first. If Kim is traded, then yeah, he should play shortstop. So this is one of those where it's hard to answer when the offseason isn't over yet. Like, we don't know what the future of someone like Hassan Kim is. We might think that, well, Korea Series, all the promotion the Padres are doing, they're not going to trade him. But A.J. Preller, he shouldn't be thinking about the promotions the Padres are doing. He should be thinking about what is best for this Padres franchise. What is the best move for this team, right? So for now, I'm going to put shortstop. I want Xander to buy in, though. Like, you already got your big contract. So I just want you to be a team player. If the Padres think first base is the best for 2024, then play first base, you know, commit yourself and go all into playing first base. Be that great team guy because you haven't won with San Diego. Padres fans don't care what you did with the Boston Red Sox. We did, I guess, the signing when he signed because it's like, oh, winning experience, great. But you haven't won here, haven't made the playoffs here, obviously, in your one year here with the Padres. So you can, you played shortstop your whole life, right, Xander? So if you have to bounce back there in 2025 and you just play one year at, at first, then do that. You know, I think a lot of fans love that Jake was willing to play first base this past season. Now, were fans happy about it, especially how it ended up? No, but I liked that he was willing to do it. And it seemed like he went all in on playing first base with uh, the amount of work that he was doing in spring training. And at least from the videos that I saw, he really cared about that. So if I was in Xander's position and sure there's egos, I get it. And you, you've played short your whole life. and you probably view it as a, a big slight, like what you, you signed me to a huge contract and in year two, you want me to go play a position I don't play. I understand that. But if I was Xander, I would just want to win. So if the organization thinks that the best thing for this organization to go win is to put me at first base, I already have my money. It's not like I don't have my money and I, I want to be at short because we'll get a bigger contract at short than I would at, at first, maybe if I don't hit 40 home runs like, you know, Pete Alonzo or Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson, right? But you have your money. Go win. Go win a World Series in a, on a second team. Like, that's a really, I think, cool thing to do and thing, things that probably not a ton of players, I would imagine, in Major League Baseball, baseball history have done at least play huge roles in multiple teams winning a World Series. Um, and... You could be a first in the franchise's history. So go do what's best for the team. But for now on this survey, I put shortstop. Which Padres prospect excites you the most? Leo DeLis, DeVry, Dylan Lesko, Jackson Merrill, Ethan Salas, Robbie Snelling, Andrew Thorpe. I think I went with Salas last year. I'm still going with Salas. But let's change this question here for which prospect excites you the most for 2024. And for that answer, I'm saying Jackson Merrill because I think out of all these guys, he is going to come up first, probably. Thorpe may not come up at all. He might come up second half of the year. And I'm, if I'm going to you know, be honest, I don't know a ton about Drew Thorpe. I want to see him more exciting Jackson Merrill because I've seen the guy play. I've seen him play at big league spring training. And he held himself, I thought, pretty well there at big league spring training. And we've been talking about this guy for years now. I want to see what this guy can do at the big league level. Hopefully, you know, 
he's on the Padres at the big league level. I want to see, I'm excited to see where do the Padres put Jackson Merrill? How much playing time does he get? Where does he start the year in 2024? When does he come up in 2024? Is it all-star break? Is it May? When is that? How is he going to do in spring training? So I'm, you know, I'd go Salas just overall, but second, I would go Merrill. Um, I'm excited about Snelling. I'm excited about all these guys, no doubt, but I'm going to go Jackson Merrill for 2024. Next one, how would you rate the Padres telecasts that were produced and distributed by MLB beginning last summer? I'd say good. I want more pregame, postgame. I'm not saying that I watch it every day, but if you're Major League Baseball, take advantage of that, right? Why have a 10, 15-minute postgame show? You'll just have fans go elsewhere for that content, right? So I would just expand that. I like that. I like the the camera, the the because it was different from Bally. I like. I was fine with the score bug. I wasn't a big fan of the the Bally score bug, like showing us NHL scores. I have nothing against the NHL, but showing us NHL scores on the score bug during a Padres Marlins game or whatever, like I don't care. Just show us the score of this game. I maybe you put scores of other games in Major League Baseball, but we don't need to see scores of other sports. It's not ESPN. ESPN, I'm fine with it because it's ESPN, but when it's a Padre game and it's on like Channel 4 or it's on MLB TV, I like the score bug there instead of Bally's. Um, and obviously, Donna Mud, they obviously play a, a part of it. So I should say excellent for that, but I'm going to say good because there's some things that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of them cutting back on talent. I thought Annie was good. Um, I thought Sweeney, he was honest at times about this Padres team. And I like that as well. So obviously like Pomerantz, I like that he's staying. I like Scan, Don, Mudd, Jesse, Tony. How would you rate Padres radio broadcasts? I don't listen to the radio a ton because I'm usually at the games or I'm watching the games on TV. So to be honest, I'm probably not the best to ask about this. But whenever I do have it on the radio or I'm listening to radio calls back of Jesse and all that, I think it's I think it's excellent. I, I don't have a negative thing to say about it. Some aren't the biggest fans of Tony Gwynn Jr., but I'm fine with Tony on the radio broadcast. And I think Jesse is a very smart guy, and I like him calling games. So, yeah, I, I'll say excellent on that. What is your excitement level for the San Diego Padres 2024 season? One is I don't care. Five is I'm extremely excited. Who put I don't care? Like, I want to see how many people put I don't care. Because why are you taking the survey if you don't care about the Padres 2024 season, you know? I put five. I'm extremely excited. Am am I as optimistic about the year as last year? No, because, I mean, the expectations were just so high for the 2023 Padres. But every year, I don't care what the team looks like. I am a big Padres fan, so I'm extremely excited about every Padres season. Now, you asked me this question in August in 2017 when the team stinks, it's not as much. But going into a season, something about the fresh start and everyone being zero and zero, and we're not even at spring training yet, and they're still, I'm still, you know, excited, interested in seeing how the rest of this offseason plays out around Major League Baseball with the Padres. So, yeah, I'm at a five, and I'm at a five going into pretty much every Padres season. I'm just a huge Padres fan, and I hope a lot of Padres fans are like that. Or at least you're at a four. Don't don't be at a one. 
if you don't care, then why are you listening to me? Why are you participating in the survey? Don't be at a two. I think before season starts, you shouldn't be at a one or a two unless you're like an A's fan, because that just sucks that what, you know, that ownership has done. Same thing kind of with the Marlins. How many games do you think the Padres will win in 2024? Fewer than 80, 80 to 85, 85 to 90, 90 to 95, more than 95. I'm not going to say fewer than 80. I'm going to go 80 to 85. Maybe they outperform. They go 90, 95, 85, 90. For me, it's not more than 95. It's between 80 to 85 or 85, 90. So between 80 to 90 wins is where I'm going. If I have to pick one, I'm going to go 80 to 85, something around that. Uh, because they are losing some guys that really helped, like Blake Snell, Josh Hader. I don't know who is going to replace those guys. Well, I guess bullpen-wise we do, but like who is going to replace Blake Snell? Injuries that can come up, right? Who's going to be on this roster? What's the year Tatis going to have? What year is uh, Manny going to have? What type of year? Crony and Bogarts. Is Bogarts going to get hurt? You know, Camposano, what's going to happen there? Prospects that come up and play, are they going to be ready? What's the outfield going to look like how is Schilt going to be managing this team and you know I, I love the hire but just how is that going to work out I'm not going to go 85 90 I'll go 80 85 and if they win 84 85 games maybe that does get them in the wild card maybe they need to go 85 90 to get in we'll see just get into the postseason and see what happens that's kind of the mindset that I have right now Next one, will the Padres play in a World Series in the next two seasons? As much as I want to say yes to this, it's it's baseball. Like, it's so... I probably should say yes because wildcard teams keep making it to the World Series. But with how the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers, I should probably say the Dodgers aren't going to make it to the World Series. But there's other good competition in the National League. Like the Phillies and the Braves. You think You think the Braves are going to end up pushing through at some point here, right? Next couple of years. I know they won in 21, but I'm talking about the current version of this Braves team. NL Central, I'm not going to say like they're going to be doing much. Maybe the Cubs, but we'll see what happens with them the rest of the offseason. There are surprise teams, it feels like, every year or teams that barely make it in and they go on a run. So maybe I should say yes on this, but you got to think the Dodgers will, as much as I hate to say it. And historically, yeah. They don't, they're, they're going to, they're going to choke. And one of these next two years, I guarantee you the Dodgers are going to choke. They're not going to make it to the world series, but I feel like they're going to make it at least one of the next two. And I feel like the Braves, and I know these are the two best teams in the NL, so I'm not really going out on a limb here. I don't know if the Padres will make the postseason this year, 2025. And I don't know what 2025 is going to look like there. So it's kind of iffy on 24 and 25. So I say no, just playing the odds. Um, I think they're going to, right now, assuming that some moves are made, I say that they're a playoff team in 24. I have no idea what's going to happen in 25. That's such a long time away. So I'll say no, but playoffs, I'll say yes for, for 24. Um, and then here, Dennis, instead of just multiple choice, he says, describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in a sentence or two. What I would say and this is a different answer, I believe, than what I gave last year. What I would say is it's a transition year. I'm not expecting them to be a World Series team like I was last year, going into last year. But I think that they can be a playoff team. I think that the Padres are in a tough situation right now. 
There's no TV deal. They didn't have the Amazon Prime pick up their TV deal or anything like that. And on paper, the roster is not going to be good going into 2024 as it was in 2023. So we're not going to be expecting them to be a World Series team. But I think that there's still a good core in place. And I think looking at it from a big view, big picture, I think they're headed in the right direction because they do have a bright future ahead of them if all of these prospects, all these big guys, can stay in the farm system and develop and then reach the big league level and not get traded. So overall, I'm still positive about the future, I guess the state of the Padres franchise, but it's not great. That's probably... A big run-on run on sentence there, a big couple run-on sentences that I said there, but that's kind of my overall feelings, the state of the franchise. That's I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Padres fans. In the comments, on replay, or live here in the chat, what are your thoughts? How do you answer that question? Describe your feelings on the state of the team and its future in a sentence or two. How do you feel about that? And I'll get to the comments here after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, let's go to Devin here. I expect at least a decent competitive team this year. I don't want everyone to give up on the team. Yes, it's not going to be a hype year like 2023 was supposed to, but... Uh, I'm not ready to quit. Yeah, I feel like that as well. I think that this team is going to be a competitive team. But yeah, of course, like I said recently here, the the expectations are not going to be as high. They should not be as high. (laughs) Because, I mean, last year, the roster on paper, it looked like it was a World Series caliber roster. And obviously, guys did not play up to the level of expectation. Wasn't good enough. But... Just look at the D-backs. Look at the Phillies from a couple years back. There's talent on those teams, but did we think that, that those teams were the best teams? No. The best teams ended up losing in the, in the division series, right? It's baseball. So I'm still choosing to be optimistic about this team. I'm not going to go crap all over this team when the offseason's not over. And the season hasn't even started yet. So I'm trying to look at it optimistically here. Alex says, we said that about championship winning minor league guys and they didn't do anything. I will believe it when I see it about prospects coming up and doing something. That's a totally fair take to have, and I'm not going to push back on that. I will say that maybe, I don't really remember to be honest. Maybe people were saying the same things about Hunter Renfro and Carlos Asuaje and Manuel Margot, but I mean, what I'm reading, what I am seeing, is some talented guys, some talented arms. Is Robbie Snelling and Dylan Lesko, are those guys, Drew Thorpe, are those guys on paper more talented than Lucchese and Lauer? It feels like it, but maybe that's just biased because I don't remember everything about what everyone was saying when Lauer and Lucchese were coming up years back. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a totally valid point. Uh, I'm not going to push back too hard on that. But on paper, the future looks bright. But again, it's on paper. Devin says, I hope there is more motivation in the team to go and win games this year. I'm mostly certain the players that underachieved last year will be motivated to bounce back. Yeah, if I was one of those players, I would have been embarrassed by what happened. So yeah, 
chip on the shoulder, wanting to win for Peter. Yeah. Even if Peter was still here, that's part of what pisses me off about 23 is you should have been motivated to go win anyway. You know? So hopefully the Padres can be mo whatever it takes. I don't know if it's motivation, being motivated, or just playing better. Just being committed to being better and being more consistent and have urgency, whatever it is. Go do whatever it takes to, you know, within the rules to to go win more baseball games. Red Devil NC says 24 is a rebuild. How the new guys perform will tell you if 25 could be a playoff year. Don't bring up Merrill and Salas in 24. Let them get better in the minors. Salas, I agree with. Merrill, if he's ready, I think you bring him up and you find a position for him. I don't think that you bring him up and then you don't play him because you're starting his clock. But if you have a position for him, let's say they put him in the outfield in spring training and he works on that. And that's the better option than who you have at the big league level. Then you go play him. What if the Padres trade Ha Sung Kim and they don't find a bit a great solution at first base or injuries happen and there's room for Merrill? You bring Merrill in if he is ready to go. If he can help the team, you bring him up. I don't I don't want to, you know, keep the guy, I don't want to do a Chris Bryant, keep the guy in the minor leagues when he's ready for for money reasons, you know? Like if he's ready to go, bring him up. If he's not, then yeah, I agree. Let them get better in the minors and prove that they're ready to be up. But if they're ready to be up, then you bring them up. Salas, I would keep him down in 24. I mean, the guy's, what, 17? Ethan Salas, age. I think he, yeah, 17. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to rush Ethan Salas. You have Luis Camposano, someone that is supposed to be the starting catcher, right? And would end up being probably... Salas's backup when Salas comes up, but he's supposed to be this. We've been talking about Camposano for years. So give him this shot to start all the time and take over this role and have Kyle Higashioka be there, a little mentor for him and all that. But yeah, give Campy this shot. Don't put Salas in his peripheral vision of, oh, he's coming up. No, let Salas develop, get better down there, and Give Campy this shot. Devin says 24 should be AJ's last year. If the team doesn't make the postseason at a bare minimum, I'm sorry I cannot deal with AJ anymore. He has gotten too many chances, and he simply isn't fit to be a GM. That's how I feel if Preller doesn't make the postseason, essentially. Like, yeah, he, he's, it's, why, why does he keep getting this many chances? I understand, like, Peter, he loved AJ and he saw the vision and he saw the, the farm system and he saw the talent that was coming in and they just weren't performing up to the baseball card. But can't another GM bring in that talent as well? This is just an AJ Preller thing that he can only bring in this talent. At some point, you got to cut bait if the results are not there at the big league level. That's what matters the most. And like I said earlier, if Preller is gone, if they miss the postseason in 24, those prospects can still come up in 25. And still help the team. It's not like they're only going to work if Preller is the GM. You know? So, yeah, I think they've got to win this year. Not World Series. I think that's not a reasonable expectation to have. First, got to stage our expectations, right? The expectation, make the playoffs. Then your next expectation is judged off of how they played in the regular season. How are they playing in September? Beginning of October, I think. I haven't looked at the schedule at the end there, but whenever the postseason starts, how are they playing that those last couple of weeks? 
and then you judge an expectation of how far they should get. Um, you know, it's yeah, the expectation right now get into the postseason for me. That's what it should be. Hey, Yuki, hopefully you're doing well. Devin says AJ is a good scout. He finds talent in the youth route. He finds rough diamonds when it comes to the bullpen, but everything else he touches has ruined to a T. AJ is definitely on his last stride. Everything that he touches has not been ruined. I disagree with that point. Uh, but yes, there have been plenty of things that have not worked out, just like a lot of GMs in baseball, by the way. It's not just a, an AJ Preller thing. Devin asks, should the Padres revive Channel 4? Well, they already have, not Channel 4 SD is the question. But if they, guess what? Channel 4 would have to pay money to the Padres to have the games, right? Your view, right? That's Channel 4 for, for like Cox subscribers. How much money do they have? Like TV stations don't have Yankee Dodger TV network money to go give to the Padres. So I don't know what it, it's, it might just be the same thing as the end of 23, where it's going to be on Channel 4. For those subscribers that have that, and then it'll be on MLB TV. I would think it has to be on TV somewhere, right? I'm going to be watching it probably on MLB TV, but it has to be on TV somewhere because you got to serve all of your audience, right? We'll see. There, there, there has not been an announcement on that yet. Alex asks, "How do you know we won't re-sign Kim next year? We we're going to always be broke, so why cross it off?" Well, because I mean, Merrill's not trade. If Merrill's is traded, if Merrill is traded, if Cronenworth is traded, then I guess it opens up that possibility, right? More, but they have so much money locked up already. Guys that play middle infield, your top middle infield prospect is almost ready. It seems like, so it just doesn't make sense. There's other teams out there that have 150 plus million dollars to give to Ha Sung Kim, that are willing to give to Ha Sung Kim. It doesn't seem like the Padres are at that spot right now. And how smart is it to extend long Kim long-term? If Bogart is here long-term, Manny's here long-term, Cronenworth's here long-term, what are you doing with Jackson Merrill? That's going to be your infield for the next seven years? Unless you move Cronenworth permanently to the outfield or you're paying Cronenworth to be a utility guy. And then what are you doing with Merrill? Like, I just don't see how it makes a ton of sense because the Padres have already made their bed with some of the contracts that they've already given out. Johnny says, Bogarts has done his winning. Preller should not have four shortstops, and where does Jackson Merrill play? Yeah, that's that's a question. And I think it gets a little bit easier to sort out when Kim is gone because he's obviously taken up the starting second baseman spot right now. But yeah, where does Merrill play? Is he going to the outfield? Is he going to get traded for a big-time starting pitcher? I don't know. I don't want Merrill to come up and just be a utility guy. Like He's one of your top prospects. This is a guy that you think should be playing every day, right? So when he comes up, I want this guy to be playing. But where is that spot going to be for that? Carson says Merrill can play left field. It's not that big of an adjustment as he's athletic. And nobody expects him to be a gold, gold glover or all-star just to be passable, which he should be. I could see that. But does Merrill have the power that the Padres want for a left fielder? Or at least in Major League Baseball, right? The corners, usually the power spots. 
And Cronenworth's not a power guy. That's one guy on a corner, at least from last year. Right? Tatis, great. Fits corner. He fits anywhere. Left field, do the Padres want jerks and Profar power production, right? Which isn't ton a ton. Do they want that in left field year in, year out? Or do they want more power? Maybe they move Merrill to center field. But what's happening with Jacob Marcy? Maybe it's Graham Pauly that ends up taking one of the corners. I don't know. Maybe they have Merrill come. Kim leaves in free agency. Merrill comes up. He's at short. Crony's at second. And Bogarts goes to first. Maybe that's how they do it. But then what about Nathan Martorella? Is he a DH? Is he bench DH? Fills in at first base sometimes. I don't know. It's a lot of money that has been spent that hasn't totally made sense to spend all the time, you know? It's rough. All right, I'll continue with the chat here for a little bit longer. Uh, but first, just wanted to remind you about some of the partners of the show. FOCO, check them out. Link in the description. They've got some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. Breaking tea, not just Padres, but they've got all sorts of sports, teams, cities. But they also have Padres, Aztecs, Wave shirts and sweatshirts there. Click the link in the description for them. Underdog Fantasy, they'll give you 100% deposit match up to $100. When you click that link in the description, first-time player there, there's a lot of pickums with the NFL, obviously the playoffs. Um, their season almost ending. Got conference championships, I believe, coming up this weekend. College basketball, San Diego State got the win yesterday. I gave my reaction to that last night here on the YouTube channel. Jaden Ledee and Lamont Butler were really good there. Um, and then there's obviously other sports going on as well. I believe they do women's college basketball for some games as well. So. Check that out, Underdog Fantasy. And then SeatGeek, code Talking Friars, $20 off your first order with SeatGeek there. Thank you so much to the partners, and thank you to everyone that um, uses those to your advantage. I want to help you all out there with that. Um, I agree. Carson says, don't trade him just to trade him. I think he's talking about Kim here. Yeah. I, I don't trade him just to trade him either. It's not like he's making... 30 plus million dollars like Juan Soto was making. And I understood like they were trade. They, they got a good package back, but they were, they were going to trade him. It seemed like regardless, I, I just don't know how they were going to complete a roster. if Soto was making 30 plus million dollars and he and Grish were going to be on the roster. Like, what was that roster going to look like? We still don't know what this roster is going to look like, but at least it gave them more flexibility. Now, what are they going to do with that flexibility? I understand that is a question that, has not totally been answered. Uh, Born Reviews says, the deal with Preller is he has helped us put us on the map, true, with the help of Seidler, but now that we're there, he needs to produce more. Last year and two years before that were huge letdowns. We need more playoff appearances. Yeah, results speak louder than, than words, than relationships that he may have with, or the relationship he had with Peter Seidler, than the relationship that he may have with Eric Gutsenda. I don't know what relationship they have. I'm sure they've they had to have communicated when when Seidler was alive, obviously, but how close were they, you know? Sure seemed like Seidler loved Preller. Did that rub off on Kutenda? Does Kutenda love Preller? I don't think we really know that. I'm assuming that he doesn't because no one loved Preller more than Peter Seidler did. So uh, it can't maybe it can match it. I, I don't really think it can match it, to be honest. I mean, it was Big, um, 
loyalty. I'm trying to find the right word. It was a lot of loyalty from Seidler to Preller in both ways. No doubt about that. And Seidler trusted Preller to go spend a lot of his money. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, Alex, for reminding me of this. Congrats to Manny and his wife, Yene, uh, on being new parents soon. Yeah, it's going to be a boy. Yonder, Yonder Alonzo posted that on Instagram. So maybe Manny is going to play more free. Realize that baseball is not everything. Um, now, with some of his comments post game, I think he already realizes that. Um, and maybe doesn't stress about it too much when he gets home. Maybe he does. I know he cares a lot, but I'm just saying, like, maybe because I've, I think Bryce Harper has said this when he had his kid. I think he's had, he has a couple. When athletes have their kid, I think they realize they don't know me as Bryce Harper. They don't know me as Manny Machado. When I come home, they're super happy to see me. Um, and so whatever happened at the ballpark that day, I can, you know, kind of just forget about it for the night and just be happy or they realize that hey you know there's someone that's looking up to me here maybe that holds them accountable i don't know there's there's that dad power right that i think gets thrown around sometimes when athletes you know have kids and then they start playing really well on the field i don't know are they more relaxed after it i don't know but I, i'm just hoping that Manny has a really good season. No doubt about that. And like I said on when I was talking about one of Dennis's questions here in his Padre fan survey, how confident are you in Manny? I want to go back to the specific question here. What is your level of confidence in Manny bouncing back from an underwhelming 23 and elbow surgery? I said very confident. Mary's a, Manny's a very good baseball player. Let's not forget that. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder. He, he he has to be pissed off about what happened this past year. And then obviously in the offseason with the, the death of Peter Seidler, he had to have felt even worse about that. Um, Pedro asks here, here's a good question. If we have a couple subpar seasons, do we think Padres ownership sells to new billionaires trying to get into MLB? or sports market in San Diego, an up-and-coming pro market? I don't think so. I mean, the Seidler family, I think Tom was on Ben and Woods last week. They're going to have the ownership in the Seidler name for a long time, so I don't see that happening. Maybe they bring in a park owner that can, you know, help give some money the Padres' way. Um, but, no, I don't. Maybe Manny can have some connections there with San Diego FC. They've got a ton of money over there. So maybe can get some help from them but no the the Seidler name is going what it seems like is no this the Seidler name they're going to honor Peter's wishes they're not selling the team it's going to be in the Seidler name for a long time is, is what it seems like all right thank you everyone for the time episode 558 answering Dennis Lynn's Padres fan survey hopefully you enjoyed it give your thoughts in the comments you can find me on social media at talking friars on twitter and on Instagram. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate your time and have a great rest of your day. See ya.